today, well, we have a special service. As you can tell, we are all in the red color. This is also Indonesian color, yeah? <laughs> Indonesian flag too, yeah? So we celebrate you too. Hallelujah. But uh, you all know that next week, on the 9th of August, is our national day. And uh, we are thankful to, to God for this little city-state. Uh, uh, do you know Singapore is a miracle? We are the only one of three existing city-state in the world. After, uh, after Vatican City, after Monaco, we are the third one. Very, very rare. And um, we are a miracle that should not have existed. We had no resources. We have nothing. We don't even have our own drinking water. <laughs> you know, and God has just sovereignly put His finger upon this island and bless it for the gospel to go out of this place. Amen. I mean, and, and on this very uh, uh, special occasion that we are celebrating our National Day, uh, I want to remind us that this is a very special year for us. Even though we are uh, this year celebrating our 53rd birthday, uh, this is also the 40th year since a prophetic word was spoken over us. And you all can guess what word was that. You know that 40 years ago, the great late, Evangelist Billy Graham graced our shore, and then he took the national stadium. He, he preached a number of nights of uh, uh, to do evangelistic crusade, and 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 thousands came to know the Lord uh, those few nights. Can I? I'm just curious. Uh, anybody here? You were born again during those crusades 40 years ago. Anyone here now? Miss? Wow, wow, Richard Tay here. Anybody else? Anyone? You too. Wow, at a stadium, so you must be more than 40 years old then. <laughs> Maybe you're 45 or 46, I don't know. Yeah, but you see, you know, everywhere I ask, you know, who, who were born again, I always get at least some, they say, I was born again those, 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 uh, in those crusades, you know. And so that's a significant thing. It was a milestone, actually, in the history of the Singapore church. And then also one of the night. Uh, something very significant that took place was the fact that he declared over Singapore what he felt like was a word given to him for Singapore and that we have the Antioch call. He pronounced over Singapore, we are, God has called Singapore to be the Antioch of Asia. So I'm sure many of us have heard about this before. Who here you have heard about this before? This concept that Singapore is the Antioch of Asia. Can you just wave your hand? See? I think just about everyone have heard that before because it has so been emblazoned into our national psyche as the church, as a church that we are the Antioch of Asia. And so it's been, it's been uh, very, very significant, you know, this word that has been spoken over us. And, uh, and my wife and I, we, we have traveled to many, many countries to preach the gospel. And we are so glad that in many ways, uh, we have seen our nation live through to this calling. Uh, um, we have met Singapore and Singaporeans in just about every country we have been to, especially in Asia. There are, there are Singaporeans doing something there for the gospel. And we are so proud of that. You know, we, are, we really we feel proud of that. And, and we've, uh, uh, I, I personally have observed that a lot. Uh, I've also met a lot of work that is that are done by the Koreans. So hats off to the Koreans, you know. But I think in terms of proportion, we as a tiny little island state, I think we, 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 have, we have done no less and maybe even more proportionately, I mean. So we are very thankful to God that, that, 
as God spoke that words over us, I think He has also graced us with that power to live through to it. So this year is the 40th year since that word has been spoken over us. You all know 40 years is a significant uh, number in the Bible. It, it signifies one generation. One generation, 40 years, just like the Israelites when they left Egypt, for 40 years, that generation that came out of Egypt did not make it to, to Canaan because that's one generation have transpired. And then those that were born, who were born in the, in the wilderness, they, they went on to cross the Jordan in, into Canaan. And so that's one generation. So it's been one generation since this word has been spoken over us. So I feel that it is very significant. We should actually recall what is this word. What, what, what does it mean and and have we been true to God for what it means? And, and today I just feel compelled to also remind us what is this about? You know, I want to just revisit some scriptures of what's this concept of being the Antioch of Asia and, and to help us understand that uh, I, I, I would have to bring you all with me to the book of Acts, you know, because that's where this description has found its inference from. All right, but before that, I'd like to, I'd like to first unravel the mystery. I like to first unravel a mystery, a mystery that is spoken of by Paul uh, that led to this, to this concept of being the Antioch of Asia. What does it mean? It first began with a mystery that must be unraveled. And this mystery was one that he unraveled to the people, uh, to the believers in Ephesus. All right? He spoke about a mystery. So I want to bring you, first of all, to this mystery uh, that we must unravel. All right? This is found in the book of Ephesians. All right? He spoke to Ephesians, to the Ephesian believers. He says, Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation as I've already written fully, uh, written briefly. <laughs> Sorry. Right? So he talks about a mystery. What is a mystery? Do you know? What is a mystery? Mystery is a New Testament uh, 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 word for a revelation from God, something revealed by God that most of His people has, have yet to understand. And that would be a mystery. So Paul talked about a mystery that has been given him uh, regarding the gospel. So what is this mystery? We need to unravel this mystery first before we can understand this Antioch call. Because it was this mystery that led to this call of Antioch. All right? So Paul would actually go on to describe this mystery. He unraveled it in the next scripture in the, found in verse 6. The mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel. Now that is a mystery unfolded. Members together, the Gentiles can be members of one body and shares together in the promise of Christ Jesus. Now that was quite a mystery unraveled. Can you imagine can you imagine that, that revelation, how much joy it must have brought to the Gentile world? You know, what is Gentile, right? Non-Jew. Non and there you have it. That's the mystery unfolded, that Gentiles too can actually be saved by God to be made co-heirs with Israel for all their inheritance, their heritage as God's special people, God's chosen people. And now he's saying that this is the mystery I'm going to unfold to you. God has shown me by revelation. He said, by revelation, that Gentiles too are going to come into the kingdom and share in the inheritance. Wow! So can you imagine how much joy, unspeakable, this revelation must have brought to the Gentile 
uh, uh, audience when Paul shared this. But you can also imagine how much shock this was to the Jewish people. Because to the Jewish people, uh, 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 you know, they, they, it is a shock to them, I'm very sure. Because for thousands of years, they have believed that they are the only ones, the chosen ones, and that Messiah you know, belongs to them, will come from them, through them, for them. You know, and, that, and, that, uh, uh, and that the Gentile worlds are but, sorry, but dogs. <laughs> you know, but now this revelation is unfolded that the Gentile world can be, can be saved, can be reconciled with the king, can share in the tremendous inheritance. In fact, he described it as sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. That means the, the, even the unsearchable riches in Christ. Not only Paul said that, that I have this revelation, God revealed it to me, that Gentiles can be saved and can be God's people too. He went on to say that, I am called to reveal that to the world. I am called to relay this good news, this extreme good news to the world that Gentiles can come in now to be part of God's chosen people. I'll read to you in verse 8. It says, this is Paul saying, although I'm less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ the unsearchable riches of Christ, that Gentiles, non-Jew, can come to possess the unsearchable riches of Christ. Who is Christ? Christ is the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn of all creation, over all creation. For everything was created by Him, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, where the thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things, all things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things. And Bible says that by Him, all things hold together. Where is this scripture from? You're, if you don't know, you have not been reading the book of Colossians. And it went on to say, and Christ is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. So that He may come to have the first place in everything. For God was pleased, God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him, having made peace through the blood of His cross, where the things on earth and things in the heaven. That's Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 to 20. I was so moved by the scripture, I decided to just eat it up and memorize it. You know, because I'm also reading the book of Colossians. All right. Who have been reading the book of Colossians? Wave your hands. Okay, the rest just repent and follow us Okay, from here. You'll be blessed. You'll be blessed. So when I was reading, oh, it just burned me. I said, I, I, got, to, I got to get this, just memorize it all. I do that. Every time I find a scripture that like, really moved me, I, I eat it and I memorize it. Christ, unsearchable riches of Christ. Now Gentiles can share in Him. That's our greatest blessing. And so Paul said, I have been called to reveal this to the Gentile world. And because of that, he was a driven man. He went all over. He went way beyond Israel, way beyond Judah. He went beyond the, his own home country to, to, to take this gospel to the whole Gentile regions. 
including Ephesus, and in which there's a very, very significant city, especially that city called Antioch. Antioch was the bustling, prosperous, influential city in, 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 in that, at that time. And because of the ministry and work of the Apostle Paul, many, many came to the faith. Many came to the faith, especially in the city of Antioch. And many came to, 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 to find salvation in Christ because they heard the gospel there. And it was in Antioch that the game changed. And we will come and see what changed. Because Antioch would be the place that would blossom to become the city of, of the great king, so to say. The city from which is the nerve center for the gospel to finally be able to be systematically taken out to the rest of the world. From there, it emanates out. This truth emanates out like a forest fire blazing through the known world then. It was out of Antioch, not from Jerusalem. How come? But Jerusalem was where it all began. And yet Antioch was the place that God would choose to cause this gospel to go out. So with that, we must come to examine why is that so? Because our national calling is the Antioch of Asia, right? So let us find out something about Antioch. Why did God choose Antioch? What's so special about Antioch? Why was it not Jerusalem? So I want to bring you back to the church at Jerusalem because it is significant. If you read the, 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 the scripture, if you read the Bible, in the book of Acts, it wouldn't take you just a few chapters to realize that that. Jerusalem is very significant because that was where the church began. The Jerus you will find out that Christ was born in Jerusalem you know, and, and then the events that would take place in Jerusalem literally changed time, eternity, shaped history of, of, of all humans. You know, it, that, that all took place in Jerusalem. Christ was born there. Christ carried out His messianic ministry there. Christ would be crucified there. He would be buried there. He would be resurrected from there and ascended to heaven from Jerusalem. So it's really, really significant. That was where He rose from the dead and ascended into heaven in the sight of hundreds of people. So... So the church started there. Not just the church started there. The church exploded from there. All right, let's look at some scripture together very quickly. You will notice these are the first few chapters of Acts that describe what happened in Jerusalem. Acts chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Many who heard the message believed. Many who heard the message believed. And the number of men grew to about 5,000. So, so thousands and thousands poured into the kingdom. When the church started there, the gospel was preached, and great multitudes heard about Jesus. They believed they came into the kingdom. In chapter 5, verse 14, it says here, Nevertheless, more and more men, more and more men and women, believed in the Lord and were added to their number. By now, it, it doesn't tell you how many thousand. It just says more and more. Men and women came. You know why? Because they couldn't count it anymore. After a while, they just know a lot. Banya, banya, a lot. You know, but they don't know how many exactly because so many, it was exponentially increasing. And, and, then, and then if you continue to read on in the book of Acts, eh, something changed. Because as you would read on, you will actually come to the conclusion, as you come to chapter 11, chapter 12, there's a shift. And then you realize that 
as glorious as what took place in Jerusalem, we can actually safely today say Jerusalem, the church there, never came into the fullness of God's destiny. What happened? Because by chapter 11, somewhere in the middle of chapter 11, you would realize that Jerusalem no longer was a frontline church, no longer was central to the main plot of the book of Acts. After that, something changed. A significant change took place there. And that was also the point where the church in Antioch was birthed. And then like God's flood light just shifted and shined on the city of Antioch and the church there in Antioch. And then the gospel will begin to flourish from there. The vibrant church got birthed there. And you know what? A church that did not even exist in the first 10 chapters of Acts, you don't hear about. And then from 11, it has come in as, as the main character, of main, the center of attention to the whole plot line, the center of the plot line. From Acts 11, you would see that from Acts 11, go back and read the book of Acts, from Acts 11, the church at Jerusalem is hardly mentioned again. And if, if, if it was mentioned, it would be because something was mentioned about Antioch, like for example, Paul and, and Barnabas, as leaders of the Antioch church, they went to visit. They went back to visit uh, uh, the, the elders there, the elders, uh, the apostles there in in. Uh, in Jerusalem to confer with them some doctrine about some doctrinal issue. It was in the context of that it would be mentioned again. But you notice they don't mention about the great growth, the explosion, the explosive growth and, and all that. What happened? Now it, it is actually very significant, the change. It's almost like, I like to use this example, like someone, someone decided, I will write a book about ping pong, the sport of ping pong. And he wrote about how ping pong started in in, in China, which province it started and how it started and who's the man that started it because uh, probably some man making fish ball maybe dropped. Tong, 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 tong. <gasps> the idea came, you know, <laughs> ping pong because it sounded like that. You know, yeah, someone used to sell fish ball. Huh? No, I want you to know that. We have all kinds of talent in our midst, you know. I, you know, imagine someone described the origin of ping pong and then by chapter 2, chapter 3, each he switched over and talk about the development of ping pong all over the world and how these sports you know, uh, would become the, uh, uh, very popular even in, as far as Denmark. You know, you know, and, and, then, and then how, how it, became, uh, 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 it was taken to a whole new level of excellence by the Koreans. And, then, you know, and it goes on and, and talk about other countries and the development and all that. And no longer mention China. Wouldn't that be strange? And if they mention it, it's because, oh, some international player did some friendly matches in Hunan or Beijing or something. And because of that, it was mentioned again. And after that, apart from that, it's not mentioned again. That was actually what happened to the Jerusalem church. Bizarre. What happened then? Let's take a look at the scripture and then we can learn something precious from the church at Jerusalem as well. And why God gave us the call of Antioch, not the call of Jerusalem. What happened? What happened that Jerusalem would cease to be central in God's agenda of development from that point? So, so what is God's agenda? What is God's ultimate agenda, do you, do you, you think? We have to re-examine the ultimate purpose of the church. 
what does a church exist for? Then you will know what has gone wrong. The ultimate purpose of the church of Jesus Christ now is to reach out to a dying world with the good news of salvation. Do you agree? I mean, we, that's why, you know, we, we, we come together to be equipped, we come together to strategize, to work together. We want to bring it out. You know, unfortunately, you know, this work of, of preaching the gospel, well, it was done accidentally in Jerusalem. And that was the challenge in Jerusalem. But it never went out of Jerusalem. They did an excellent job, though, in-house. Their focus was, a, was the Je Jerusalem, Jerusalemites. <laughs> you know, the Jews there, you know, they, they took care of the, the orphans, the widows. They did a good job, you know, uh, they, and, and, and to get many, many born again in the city. But what happened was that they were not bringing this gospel out of Jerusalem. Even though Jesus was so clear, you have to bring it out, out of Jerusalem to Judea, Samaria to the uttermost part of the world, to the, even the remotest part of the earth. That was what Jesus said. But you know what? It never left Jerusalem. You would read that by about chapter 6, that the church in Jerusalem would have enjoyed so much success, unabated growth, unstoppable uh, 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 multiplication and signs and wonders and healing, you know, up to chapter 6, they've already experienced continuous growth for more than five years already, but no mention of anyone taking the message out of Jerusalem. As clearly uh, mandated by Jesus. So what can we learn here? And then in the midst of that, you know what God did? God turned His attention and picked up another man, Paul. Raised up another church, Antioch, and through them, would get his work done, that which he originally wanted, that this gospel must go out. His commandment is, go! Everybody say, go. But Jerusalem means the goal. You know, they, they, so what can, we, can we, what can we learn here? I want to quickly learn a lesson and then we're going to close. All right. One of the things we can learn is this. If we don't obey what God has given us to do to accomplish God can raise up somebody else to do it. But His will will not be changed. He can bypass you to pick up another person. It will be sad though. That will be sad though. But you know what? He will still get His will accomplished. Because God wanted the gospel to go out. This message of salvation must reach to the, even to the ends of the earth. You know, much as, as the, the Jerusalem church was enjoying great success and growth and signs and wonders and miracles, which you can read about, you know, uh, dramatic records of the move of the Holy Spirit in their midst and all that, you know what? They did not go out. They did not, you know. And so the great commission that was originally given to the Jewish disciples in Jerusalem would actually pick, be would be picked up and embraced by the largely Gentile believers in Antioch and they ran with it. And they actually got it out. And so out of that, we got today's inference of this call called the call of Antioch. And Singapore is supposed to be the Antioch of Asia. It was because those in Antioch responded to the call. So quickly we want to recall, so what is this Antioch call? What were they told to do? What were they provided by Jesus to do? Let's quickly take a look and then we can reflect on ourselves. What are we doing with this calling? 
It is important. It is important. As I said, it's been one generation. We should reflect on this, whether we've been faithful to God's call that is upon us as a nation. I, I know that many, many Christians have heard about this concept in Singapore. Oh, we're the entail of Asia. Just now I asked, many of you raised up your hands. But I wonder how many Christians actually consider what is my part in it. If we as a nation has this call, have I been consciously a part of it? Have I been intentional to, to lend my bit of the strength to this calling as a nation? This is the question I want to get at. So I want to recall this. I think it's very meaningful for us on this very special uh, occasion of, as we celebrate our national day, you know, and then one generation since the call has been pronounced over us. You know, let's rediscover what was that call. We, I bring you to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, when Jesus said, you will receive what? Let's shout it. Power. Power of the Rokudus. Holy Spirit. Power of the Holy Spirit. For what? Okay, okay, just, just take a moment, take a moment. Can I know? All right, look at me now, look at me now. I know it's a bit, a bit difficult here, right? Who has ever experienced the power of the Holy Spirit before in your life? In one way or another, to one degree or another, don't be shy. Lift up your hand and wave it. If you have experienced the power of the Holy Spirit before in your life. Okay, wonderful. I want you to know, what was that power for? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. May I suggest to us, the power of the Holy Spirit when we experience it to any degree, ultimately, ultimately, is to enable us to be witnesses for Him. Amen? It is what God is doing in your life. By the way, when I ask who have ever experienced the power of the Holy Spirit, everyone should be lifting up your hands. Some are not so sure. Do you mean, have I been shaken before or what? You know, no, 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 no. You know what? Without the Holy Spirit, you wouldn't even be saved. You wouldn't even be born again. He's the one that touch you on the inside and show you that you need salvation, you need Jesus. Amen? Every one of us have experienced the power of the Holy Spirit. If not, we would not be a, a, a child of God, a Christian. And I want us to know that when the power comes on you, ultimately, is to bring you to that place to be able to bear witness for our Lord Jesus. Amen? Amen. So you can see clearly the power has been given and, and what was it given for? Because Jesus would repeat this instruction multiple times throughout the scripture. Another time was in Matthew chapter 24, verse 14, when he says, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Jesus said, this is what would determine the, his return. What will determine his return? Not what the Antichrist will do, not how, how, on what scale of the Richter is the latest uh, earthquake, whatever. All this, is, all this are not the end. This is the, the beginning of the end. Ultimate sign of the end is what the church does with this message called the gospel. The, when we have obeyed Him to take this gospel to the ends of the world, like what Jesus said, He said he's, He will come. Wow. So our eyes should be on the house of God. What are we doing with this message? And Jesus repeated this, on multiple occasions, you got to go. you got to go. Jesus said to the disciples, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. 
and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you, and surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus said, Go! <laughs> but the church today as a whole say, Come! <laughs> Come! We have interesting program. We have great lightings. We have, you know, we, we, we become attractional when Jesus' commandment is to be missional. Go! And if you don't go, after a while, you get tired of coming. Because the life is just not flowing if you do not go. Then you will feel disenchanted and this and that. Actually, it's because you have not gone to preach the gospel. I said before, the gospel is such, a, such, an, amazing, such an amazing mystical message. Why do I call it that? Because it's a message that is designed by God supernaturally to be able to release supernatural power as you go. If you don't go, it doesn't release its power. If you don't preach, no healing takes place. If you don't proclaim and then lay hands, no sicknesses get, get, get removed from the human body. When you do not go, the power doesn't, doesn't get released. And so Jesus said, you must go. Jesus said, go. You know what? But the Ch Jerusalem church did not. I can imagine why as a, as a pastor. Because as a church grow, grow and grow, you know what? You will always be short of people and, and, and resources. It, I can tell you that. Recently, I was ministering in, in Australia and a friend told me from a very large church, they said, oh, our church was so desperate for children's church workers. We're so desperate for youth ministry helpers. So desperate. And they're a huge church. And it reinforced what I, what I know. We will never have to cook, never have enough. The question now is, how big must you be in order to be ready to go? How many people must you gather first before you took up? You have enough people that you can spare some for the mission field. How much money must you save up in order to be able to, to, to sow into God's work around the world? You will never come to the place that you say, enough. Now let's do it. Let's spare some people here. Let's give some to the mission field there. You will never come to that place. This is what we must learn from Jerusalem. As powerful as it was, anointed signs and wonders, thousands of people. You saw the scripture just now. Power of the Holy Spirit moving in the midst. It was never enough. If you do not simply just obey what Jesus said, He says, go. Can I hear an amen? amen. And this is a very precious lesson that we must learn. We must learn from the Jeru Jerusalem church. Is this very simple? The Great Commission is to be obeyed. It calls for obedience, not convenience. If you go by convenience, it will never get done. We will never respond to it. And, and this, this calling I want us to know, all right, it applies to our life on a personal level. Antioch calls upon you too, personal level. On the level as a church, as a family, we need to recall are we true to this? mandate by Jesus, and then even nationally, if we live true to the call to be the Antioch of Asia, I would like us to consider that today. And, and from there, we, I want to learn, I want us to learn from, from the Jerusalem church. We will never have enough to be able to give to mission if we do not just obey. We will never uh, be ready to go if we do not simply obey. There is just such a resistance and fight against the church 
from uh, uh, being able to obey the call and get the gospel out into the nation. So you can see Jerusalem, for all their success, they never went. And God have to raise up Antioch. Now, if God did not intervene, if things went on, they're happy, clappy, bless me, you know, and it got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, then, you know what? I'm very sure today, you and I will, be sit, will not be sitting here in this hall. <laughs> if God did not intervene, you know, today, the Christian faith probably will be observed by a remnant few of Jewish people somewhere around the world. If it just stayed with them. Why only remnant few? Maybe they become so mighty. As long as they didn't go, the power is not released. They will not be blessed. You know, it will just be dormant and latent inside of them. Amen? Amen. So the lesson here is, you can never be in that place, that, oh, enough. Now I can get so into mission field. Oh, I now have, okay, okay, I, I'm now, I have some free time now. I can join a mission trip. You know, you will never arrive there. If you do not take this seriously, if Jesus say go, I just go. And you know what? You will find the time, the resource, the ability. If you just obey. Amen? Amen. Because it's when you obey that the power is released. The resources is, is released. So we saw already the power was released so that we are able to fulfill the calling to be His witnesses. Jesus in that scripture just now, you know, He's so clear. He told you what He has given you for the job. He told you what is that job. The power of the Holy Spirit is what He provided for you. And He told you the job to be done is to be witnesses for Him. He even told you where to go to do it. So you cannot, well, in Singaporean expression, act blur. I don't know, Tata. You know, I, 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 I don't understand the call. Where, where, where do I go? Jesus already described to you where to go. All right. The power to do it, what to do, and where to go to do it. So I call it the four spheres of reach. All right. This, these are like four concentric circles of, of destination that Jesus said we must bring the gospel to. So, what are the four spheres? One, Jerusalem. Everybody shout, Jerusalem. Oh, very expensive. Buy ticket to go to Jerusalem. No, 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 no. Metaphorically. Jerusalem is where you are. Your neighborhood is your Jerusalem. Your interest group, your tennis kaki, your duran kaki is your Jerusalem. Can I hear you? That's your Jerusalem. Where you work, the people immediately that you can reach around you, that's your Jerusalem. So don't, no acting blur from now. <laughs> you know? yeah, no acting blur from now. Can I hear amen? Yeah, Jesus said, you can reach them. They're around you. And the power is on you to be able to be my witness. What is witness? Sharing from your life. I experienced Jesus and it's good. And I experienced healing in my life. Tell someone. That's bearing witness. You know witness, right? Witness is someone taking the place in the court. To, to say that which is true and factual, to prove a case. So you merely say that which is within your experience to prove that Jesus is alive and God is good and salvation is found in Him. Amen. Amen. So that's your Jerusalem, your neighborhood, where you are. Amen. You may be a gym instructor or whatever. Wow, captive audience. The person doing the bench press, you're right there. I tell you, Jesus' cross is heavier than this bench press. No, he says, that's your Jerusalem. You do a Pilates. Ah, Pilates. Yeah, you stretch out this way. By the way, 
This means the cross, huh? Jesus crucified on the cross. Ah, that's your Jerusalem. You know, we have Pilates instructor here in our midst. I'm telling you, you, you cannot act blur now, all right? From now on, you know it is your Jerusalem. Jesus said, reach out. Really, really, people, if we do not reach out, your faith will start to die. And then all the, the thrill and the fire and what, it just wane away. And you thought, that, mm, maybe I'm not fat. You're not feeding me. No, 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 you are not going. Because you don't, if you don't go, you don't release the power. Alright? No. Jesus also said, go to your Judea. What would be your Judea? Your countrymen. To us, our Judea would be Singapore. It's our nation where we live in. The people of your blood type, of your nationality. That's Judea. We must reach our nation, not just in our immediate sphere. We must be intentional, you know, about our nation. Even if you can't go, you can pray, right? You can go in prayer. Really, that's why we are praying for Singapore. We are praying for Singapore. Right? Now. And then Jesus also said, then Samaria. What's Samaria? What's Samaria to the Israelites? People that are similar in, in their, in their uh, 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 ethnicity, similar, but not quite the same. And it's near to them, beside them. Jesus said, reach out to them. Who do you think will be our Samaria? Singapore's Samaria. <laughs> Malaysia. Bless them, okay? Don't, don't stop praying for them after the election, alright? Continue to pray, alright? Malaysia is our Samaria. Many of us here, we, we originate from Malaysia. Who, who originate from Malaysia in your ancestry? Wave your hand, wave your hand. That's your Samaria. Some of us, our Samaria is China, India, uh, uh, Indonesia. We have Indonesia in our... Indonesian, Indonesian. Sini, Sini, this Sini. <laughs> but today, already Singaporean. <laughs> okay. But reach out, go back to your Samaria. Amen. Amen. That's our Samaria. All right, that's why our blood ties can be very useful. You know, to the American Christian, their Samaria would be Canada or Mexico, all right, because they have some a blood relationship with them. So easy, the, the bridge of relationship can, can facilitate the sharing of the gospel. So for us to our Samaria, they are around us. And some of you, you know, you may feel like a tug in your heart. I know there are non-Singaporeans here in our midst, foreigners working in our midst, worshipping Jesus here. Well, we welcome you. But if the Lord should touch you, I want you to go back, bring this back to Bandung. Bring this back to Jakarta or, 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 or to Myanmar. We have Burmese in our midst too. You know what? Obey! you'll be so blessed. God will use you mightily. Amen? To go back, to go take the gospel to the Samaria that you can reach. And then fourthly, Jesus said, take this gospel to the ends of the earth. People who are totally different from you, in, in, of different nationality, different ethnicity. And you know what? Some of you here, you may be called to that. Some of you here right now shouldn't be sitting here. You belong to Uganda. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every time you hear the, the if, if every time you hear the, the African song, oh my you start to tear. Oh, maybe you're called there. In fact, chances is that you're called there. Yes, yes. I mean that's when God calls you to a place, there is something in you that resonates with that culture. You have a love and a compassion. All right, these are, this is to the ends of the earth. Oh my, oh my. Go. 
I'll, I'll lay hand on you, we'll send you out. Yeah. Mozambique, Uganda, whatever, you know, Namibia. Or you watch National Geographic and the animals and you see them like sheep without shepherd. Yes, you are called to Africa. <laughs> Amen. So this is where I want to expose a very common problem. A very common problem. A common error that when people read this scripture, you know what is a common error? We read this as being progressive. That you must first do something in Jerusalem until Jerusalem is strong and mighty and rich and all that and stable. I always hear that in the ministry. Then they can do some mission work until it's just so strong and successful before you can spare some attention or spare resource to flick a bit to Judea. We think that we progress in Jerusalem until we are quad, quad, we are strong, you know, and then slowly we go out. We will never arrive there. What I want to say is this. Jesus did not mean this to be progressive. I say concentric circle just now, but it's not progressive because right here, sitting here, there are people already called. That's what Jesus is saying. Some, you are called to Jerusalem. Some, you belong to Judea. Others, you know your cry is for Samaria. And there are people here, you are just wired for Africa, <laughs> to the ends of the earth, you know, or to the Arctic Circle, to the Eskimos or whatever, you know. And, and, and you know what? You need to be true to your call. Can I hear amen? Jesus is saying that because if you were to wait till you are all strong and, and all that, the world, see, kiao, kiao. The world died already. We will never get there. Because it's human nature, we want to take care of ourselves first. That's why we always say, I don't know about you, I've heard many times in, in the course of, 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 of ministry, hey, you know, you should, you know, if you feel called to China, go. Oh, no, wait, I must take care first of my Jerusalem. Have you heard the expression before? I heard it so many times before. Hey, I must take care of Jerusalem first. Now, today I want to present to you when Jesus said that, he did not say Jerusalem must be taken care of first until it is well and strong and all that. Then you, you, you consider Judea as, as one level up, you know, yeah, upgrading, HDB upgrading, you know. And I want you to know that God has a call uniquely upon his people simultaneously to be all over the world. If not, the world can never be reached. Imagine everyone will take care of themselves first. In the first place, Jerusalem would just hold the gospel there. Because it will never arrive at a place where Jerusalem, oh, finally it had, it had to be the persecution, the, the 70 AD, uh, the Romans coming in, then, then they disperse out of there. Let's pray that Singapore doesn't need that, <laughs> you know, to, in order to take the message out. Amen? Amen? And I'm so glad, as so I said just now, that you know, we have met many Singaporean works around the region, especially in Asia. We're thankful to God for that. But I, I, I'm also aware of the fact that many other churches and Singaporeans never consider their part in the Antioch call. And, and I want to call out to you. I'm very sure there are many sitting in our midst. You never conscience, conscientiously say, what is my part? What is a little bit I can do to be part of this national calling to be the Antioch of Asia? I want to invite you to stand. Come. Because this call must begin first with individual lives. And I don't, want to miss, I don't want us to miss this call today as we are celebrating the birthday of our nation, 
I want us to consider, to consider, am I true to this? Because I don't want God to bypass you, to pick up someone who is willing to, to walk the talk. Amen? I stand here boldly in the Lord declaring, I live for this, I live for this. I dream it, sleep it, breathe it, think it, work it. I just feel such an urgency for the gospel to go around the world and especially to the furthest ends of the world, especially to tribes and people that have not heard the gospel. And I want it, I want it to be brought there. And I ask of you, come, work with us to get the gospel out. Don't come with a, a self-centered request like, you, you know, you satisfy my need, you meet me, meet my needs. I tell you, our needs have been met in Christ. Colossians says that, that God's fullness of deity dwells in Christ. And in Him, we have, some versions say, received the same fullness. And other versions say, in Him, we'll be made complete. This is found in chapter 3, right? I want you to know you're complete in Christ. If today you feel incomplete in the way that you feel the church is not feeding you and all that, I tell you, it's not true. It's because you have so much that's not used. So a dissatisfaction starts to set into your heart. Hmm, maybe I need more to, to stir me up. This is not stirring me up. Really, it's very simple. Just do it. Just do it. And in this next season, we want to join hands and hearts to get this gospel out. Let's do it. Let's do it. Next time we meet, we don't have to teach. Gather to plan and strategize how we can do it. Bring it to the neighborhood. Bring it. Some of you here, your call, very special. It's here in Jerusalem, but a very specific target group. Some of you here, you have this special compassion for the for the ones that are marginalized in society, the down and out, the poor and the needy. You just have a compassion for that. That is your people group. Some people here, you just have a heart for special needs children. You have special grace, special patience. That's God's anointing on you. You must give expression to it. If not, if you just suppress it after a while, something dies. You feel no life to the Christian, no, no, no fire, no fervor coming to church like a walking zombie and it's not because of something on the outside the problem is something on the inside you're not you are not releasing the anointing of the gospel and how is it released? you gotta go you gotta go some people here you, you, you just love old folks you see old people you tear wow I, I want to I want to bring comfort to them I want to pray for them those who are unwell there's an anointing on you and you, in this season, we want to release you to do the work of the kingdom. That's how our Father's glory is going to be revealed through His people. When we go and declare that the kingdom of God is here, now I'll show you the ways of the kingdom, the compassion of our King. And you pray for the sick, and you heal the sick, you raise the dead, you cleanse the lepers, you cast out demons. Freely you have received. Now Jesus said, now freely give. So in the next season, let's go, let's give. Let's touch life. Let's synergize with one another to get this gospel out. And let us live true to the calling that Singapore is to be the Antioch of Asia. Some of you here, you are called to the fields. Tell us how we might support, how we might work with you. Alright, talk. Let's pray. There's so much that has got to be done in a very short time before Jesus comes. There's such an urgency, this cry. And so let us give expression to it. Let us worship.
You have been listening to a Petra Church recording. We hope that you have been blessed. For more information and resources, visit us at petra.sg.